If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci, a podcast about black science fiction, fantasy, and staying on the same page in this marriage. I am one of your incredible, beautiful, talented co-hosts, Amber Wallen. And I'm Ben Wallen. Cute, Ben. Welcome to episode 22 of the Sci-Fi Sci. We watched the CW hit Black Lightning, directed by Salim Akil. Before we get into this, we want to discuss some serious reservations about running this episode. Part of our guidelines here at the Sci-Fi Sci is that we only read black authors and watch media that has black showrunners or directors. Salim Akil, the showrunner of Black Lightning, three years ago was accused of abusing the actress and screenwriter Amber Dixon Brenner, whom he had an affair with for 10 years. But it goes further. Own, Oprah Winfrey's channel, canceled Salim Akil's other show because it came out that Salim Akil and his wife, Mira Brooke Akil, ripped off the premise uh, for Love Is, the show on Own. So he had an affair with this woman, Amber Dixon Brenner, and then essentially stole her ideas. And that stole her ideas in the form of a show called Love Is that was taken down from Own. Correct. Okay. The CW, though, did not cancel Black Lightning because the abuse lawsuit is still ongoing. But the lawsuit against Own was dropped, maybe because Own dropped the Akil's other show, Love Is. And Salim Akil and his wife, uh, Mara, both are part of this show, producing it. Okay. And there is so little black superheroes, Mm -hmm. and especially that have their own TV or their own show. Like, I can name really one other black superhero, Spawn, and he had his own show. Or, like, Luke Cage count, maybe? Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage would be the other one that will do. So it's, like, Luke Cage, Spawn, Black Panther had had his own movie. Really nothing else. So... I don't know. It's definitely a question that... It's bittersweet. We watched the whole season and Ben was like, oh God, I found out all of this side information about Black Lightning. We were like, fuck. Yeah. It, and how people decide to censor themselves is up to them. And how do you decide to cancel somebody and separate the art from the artist? I think as a science fiction fan, I often struggle with how to respond to writers who have done terrible things and written awful things. I mean, we have talked about H.P. Lovecraft and how he's problematic, and I think it would be a huge disservice to, like, all of these incredibly talented black actors, black makeup artists, black producers, like, people that are so separate from this scandal 
that went into like that hard work that went into the show i i think we should still discuss it because kids that see this show is going to be a game changer for them so that's that's how i'm justifying it but we needed to acknowledge that this is uh, an ongoing lawsuit that's going down now that we got that out of the way you can choose to keep listening to this episode or not but if you're still with us let's get to some more black lightning magic I saw a superhero last night he was black he said this is for the hood black lightning's back so Black Lightning is on its fourth season, and it got canceled after this fourth season. So we wanted to do the first season of Black Lightning Mm -hmm. in memorum of the ending of the entire series. It is part of the CW Arrowverse, which is essentially all of these DC comic book characters who have their own shows. So I did want to start, though, Amber, like, do you know the difference between DC and Marvel Comics? I mean, obviously. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and give me the difference between the films. One is Batman and one is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what is, stylistically, what is their differences? One is, uh, okay, DC is like maybe who you would see at like Six Flags. And Marvel is who you would see at, like, Universal Studios. No. I think that's it. What? I'm sorry? No. Okay. Well, why don't you, Mr. Expert, tell me what's up? I mean, what what are even the major differences? Really important to understand, Amber, is that Marvel movies tend to be more comedic and lighthearted and lots of banter, where DC, especially with Zack Snyder, who did the whole 300, is like more gritty and dark. Right. And yeah, so that's stylistic. So one's more mature. Yeah. I bet you could probably also figure out the difference between Marvel and DC, but in DC universe, a lot of the superheroes are given their gifts sort of naturally, like they're born with it. For Isn't example, Batman DC? Yeah. So that he's argument born doesn't with, work. No, he's born with billions of dollars. Oh, that, <laughs> that is a superpower. Right. I would agree with you there. <laughs> and also in Black Lightning, you know, it's passed on. So characters in Black Lightning have sort of an exception, but some of the characters have their genes that you know black lightning is sort of an exception to that though exactly now that so i think about it's it very like superman comes from kryptonite and he's born with it and where in marvel superman does not come from kryptonite it when people say like this is your kryptonite oh, isn't he's, that what... he's from the planet krypton exactly he's from the planet so krypton. yeah the reason he has so much powers is because the gravitational force is different on krypton than it is here on... right so it's more Mark. of a genetic thing Sp- spider-man is a bit by a spider and it's seen more of a curse also you can ride the superman at six flags and you can ride a spider-man ride or that spider-man experience tour at universal no just said that that is actually true look it up well i know my characters buddy i i understand you know your rides but i'm talking about (laughs) characters black lightning so is black lightning dc yeah okay okay and you're you're gonna figure this out but dc sort of has make up, made up cities. So Superman, you know, cares for Metropolis and Gotham City. Gotham City, where Spider Man takes care of New York mm-hmm. City. So oh, yes. those are oh, real okay, cities. Marvel has more of real cities. Okay. And DC has like made up location. And then finally I, I mentioned this a little bit, but in Black Lightning there's a really terrible line 
where they say, your superpowers are a gift from God. Remember that? Like, they're a blessing. It was very, there was a lot of uh, Christian dogma yeah, throughout oh the God. show. We'll, we'll sigh about that later. Yeah, like, ish, pray but, during family dinner. But I do like praying eating, before meals. As like, that's, eating pizza. It's meditative. I, I like that. But anyway, anyway, yes. It's more DC, where they're seen as like, this is a gift. And where Marvel, it's more seen of as a curse and a struggle to like work through. Again, there's exceptions to all of this. Gotcha. We're going to play a little game. I'm going to name like comic it. book characters, and you're going to tell me whether they're DC or Marvel. Oh, shit. Okay. okay. I'm going to show our patrons at home what this looks like. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Okay. We got Paul Rudd, right? Yeah. Uh, I never saw this. Uh, Ant-like powers feels like a curse a little bit. Um, let's go with DC for that one. Well, if you followed the internal logic, you should have said Marvel. Marvel because... I know, but I also don't trust you, so there's that. No, it's Marvel. Because he shows up in the MCU. Okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean by MCU, right? The Marvel care... No, the understanding. Marvel, the, Mar- the Marvel care of understanding. No. That's what the MCU is. The Marvel is. Cinematic Universe. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, okay. Alright. That was a, that was a warm-up. Right. That was a warm-up. <laughs> Alright. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Uh, I know that this was really bad. And it had Ryan Reynolds. Green Lantern used to be black, too, right? Uh, let's go DC on that one. Nice. Nice. Yay! Yeah. Okay, go, 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 go. Alright. Uh, Green Arrow. There's a character named Green Arrow? Yeah. Okay, in my brain, you wouldn't put two DCs back-to-back, so let's go Marvel. No, it's DC. And they both have... D- <laughs> <laughs> I did it intentionally. And they both have green in their title. That's stupid. All right, Black Widow. That sounds very Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Black Panther. Now, he is Marvel because yeah. of the Avengers. Yeah. I know some of the Avengers. Nice, nice, nice. Harley Quinn. That feels like Joker, which feels like Batman, which is DC. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Wonder Woman. Okay, Wonder Woman's like Superman, so that's DC. Nice. Yes. Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Luke Cage is black, and most black people are in Marvel, so we're going to go with Marvel. Nice. Flash. (laughs) See, that should be one rule. If they're black, they're they Marvel over here. That's a crystal flash on the read. Okay, the Flash. I I defer to like if I don't really know shit about them, they're not Marvel. So let's go with DC on that one. Okay, Miss Marvel. Good. Yeah, you got she's got to be DC. No, Miss Marvel. There's a Miss Marvel. Yeah. I'm guessing. She, wait, <laughs> did I just say DC for Miss Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. So I'm good. Why would they call a character Miss Marvel? I don't know. Okay. Is there a Miss DC? No. I. Well, you said that like that sounded so absurd, but Miss Marvel doesn't sound crazy to you. Well, because Marvel is, you know, marvelous. DC stands for Detective Comics. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Go off. All right, and then finally, Captain Marvel. <laughs> I hate you. You just think I'm like. An idiot, don't you? Marvel. No, Captain Marvel is DC. <gasps> You're fucking lying. No. Shazam. You know that movie Shazam that you didn't watch with me? I know flying? Shazam with, starring Shaquille O'Neal. No, no, this no, this is a movie that came out oh, recently. Oh, that's Kazam. Yeah, oh my 
god. They named a white movie Shazam after Kazam came out. Shazam. That sounds right. It's basically the movie Big, but with super powers. Have you seen Big with Tom Hanks? Uh, that's the little the one the little kid, kid who turns into an adult man. I think I'm thinking about Big Daddy, so I'm gonna go no. Oh, damn. We're missing. Wait a minute. There is a Captain Marvel. Yeah, from DC. Who is DC? And mm. there's a Miss Marvel from yep. Marvel. Yep. All right, let's just talk about Black Lightning before I get upset. So the summary of this is pretty complicated, Amber. So you're gonna have to help me out. Hopefully, I will. I, can... I will. I always make things more clear for our audience. All right. So season one is about Black Lightning, who has retired after getting rid of this villain named Tobias Whale. And he's retired, and his real name is Jefferson Pierce. And he basically retired after his marriage with Lynn, his wife, who is a neurologist, Queen. Um, was ruined from him being Black Lightning. Yeah. So his marriage ruined, but he decides to co-parent with Lynn their two daughters, Anissa and Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And now he decides to help his community free Lynn through being an inspiring principal at a high school that he has since made prestigious. So mm-hmm. he's moved away Garfield. from... Garfield. Garfield High. He's moved away from being Black Lightning to being a principal. Mm-hmm. And very, like, lean on me vibes, Joe uh, Clark. Absolutely. Except now, since Black Lightning has been in retirement for, like, eight years or something, Freeland is being overrun by the notorious gang, The 100, led by a full cast of villains. Mm-hmm. And now coerced by his mentor, Gamby, Peter Gamby. That's Black, like Alfred. Alfred. Black Peter Lightning Tom. puts the light-up suit back on, which is a terrible disguise, by the way, to fight <laughs> the villains of we'll Freeland. Okay. How'd I do it? it seemed like I a think very you did a great succinct. job. Quite succinct. All right, so what were your first impressions of the show? Like, after the first episode. Okay, so I'll be honest. There were... Th- times at the very beginning we were like oh this is cute this would be cute for like teenagers because some of the dialogue was just very predictable very tropey but then like shit gets real really quickly and uh you know not to spoil too much but the body count just starts to go up like people are getting shot at point blank range people are getting killed in very creative ways so then i was like like dang this is on the cw like this is TV has changed since I was a a baby girl. So I really like that. I really love how black the show is. Like, obviously, there's a black lead, but we we go back to dragging black box and things like that. The the movie that we've recapped in an early episode, go back and watch it. But I mean, the the whole, everyone involved with the soundtrack of this was really black. Obviously, whoever does hair and makeup is really black. Everybody looks amazing. The, The dialogue is very black and it's very very current to the black experience today with a lot of the Black Lives Matter infusion and things like that. So I, I'm, I'm liking the show. We Ben and I, you know, the first four episodes were a little bit hard to get through, but we knew that there were 13 episodes in season one and it, and it almost became like a, we watched the Black Lightning today. Like it became like a really fun time. What were your first impressions? As to the cheesy dialogue, mm. basically throughout the entire series, I kept on filling in the next line of dialogue. Yes, they because, would so do that. Because it, so, <laughs> it was so deliciously predictable. So it was fun to quote the lines of the TV show without ever yeah. actually watching the Very TV show. Very easy to finish the sentences. Very easy to finish 
the sentence is. So I've watched a superhero show recently called The Boys, and it has ruined superhero genres for me because I think this show on Amazon Prime has shown that superheroes are these fascist pigs Mm -hmm. who are basically vigilante cops. They're like rogue cops who beat up on the underprivileged. And there is a fan fiction video that shows this also really well, where there is a man who is sort of your like quote unquote thug that Batman beats up all the time. But this uh, this fanfic is about this little girl who loves dressing up as Batman. And so her father, who's like out of a job, goes and rubs, robs a store, okay, to help his little daughter who you, who you see throughout this fanfic. And then Batman follows him home to like beat him up because that's what Batman does. And then you realize, oh, oh her Batman, hero is about to kill her hero. Her, her, her father. Who, mm-hmm. Her who other did, hero. <laughs> yeah. And... And that sort of, that fan fiction, and then The Boys, that TV show, has sort of just made me sick with superheroes, because especially after the first episode, when you make the villain, the 100, you know, these these gangs, I was like, here we go again, right? And even though Black Lightning's black, he lives basically in in like an Atlanta suburb. Mm -hmm. That's basically where he lives, Uh, which, you know, is a very, very white place where is atlanta no atlanta atlanta suburbs are no that's not accurate but marjorie taylor green is from so that means all uh, suburbs of atlanta are black well it's it's a well it's a very like obviously white picket fence yeah i i would i could see how you never have visiting the atlanta suburbs might think that but they're you know just like from visiting people growing up and from being from Georgia, that's you, not you. entirely accurate. I'm, I'm from I, Athens, Georgia. Like, I'll be clear about that. But, like, my I have cousins and family that all live in Atlanta. They're not exclusively white. Are there a, a lot more white people in Atlanta than people assume? Yeah, but... I guess because Marjorie Taylor Greene is in the news all the time and knowing that she comes from an Atlanta suburb. Yeah, that's why she's so fired up. Because she got black neighbors, probably. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Anyway. We will not give her any airtime on our show. <laughs> uh, yeah. I got annoyed, though, after the first episode. Because right. they set up the villains to be, like, your standard gangs. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. who sell drugs and get young black children to sell drugs for them. Mm-hmm. But the show sort of wins me over. Yeah. I thought they did a good job of showing the cycle of organized crime and, and the temptation to join a little bit more than most people do but they they pull it out and they tease it out and i think they do that really well with the villain so let me let's go into the characters yes okay so a big part of D is this thing called alignments have you ever heard of the alignment system no i haven't I, I, haven't, I haven't talked to you about this i'm surprised i haven't talked to you this before it's really helpful when you are analyzing a story and actually it's a helpful tool for teachers when you're analyzing a story. Basically, mm-hmm. before you create a character, you go through this alignment. In Dungeons and Dragons. In, du- in Dungeons and Dragons. You go okay. through an alignment system. And this system is basically a three-by-three three grid. So you have nine different options in which you categorize the ethics and morals of the character you're going to play. And then also throughout the game, these categorizations show up in non-player characters and creatures as well. Okay. 
All right. And it basically goes from, let me break it down. It goes from chaotic to lawful on, oh, okay. on one spectrum, right? So one grid on the top is chaotic to lawful. And then the other, you know, the... The y-axis. Yeah, it's a coordinate plane. So the y-axis would be chaotic to lawful. And then the x-axis would be good to evil. Okay, so top to bottom is good to evil. Mm-hmm. Chaotic to lawful. Okay, right. Okay. Right. So quadrant one of that would be what? So, yeah, let me break it down because I think the main villains sort of hit each of these. So yeah, yes. I'm, I'm really I'm really excited. I'm glad okay. I I'm glad I, I thought of. But this. yes, but you gotta give the people at home that visual. Right, and so when you look at like chaotic to lawful, there's chaotic, neutral, lawful, like lawful. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first you have neutral evil, and neutral evil is very selfish. That's just straight down. It's in the middle. It would be in the middle. Okay. Neutral evil would be very selfish, all about benefiting themselves, but not necessarily cruel, and they won't go out of their way to cause carnage or mayhem when they see no direct benefit for themselves. So that's not the Joker, like Heath Ledger. No, that would be chaotic evil. Got it. So that would be like the third quadrant down. Right. So who do you think of this character? Let me read each one. So that would be sort of neutral evil. Lawful evil would be there's a, you have a strict code, you follow a hierarchy, you go through each step you follow if you make a deal with someone you stick to the deal that's that's lawful evil and you want to sort of go back okay that's like the fourth quadrant yeah and then um the other one is chaotic evil where you would just you know torture someone maybe shoot them with a harpoon stick just for the sake of doing it (laughs) okay i know who that is got it all right and then now we have i think we have three main characters in the season one Three, three main villains in okay. season one. You have Lady Eve, who represents sort of the shadowy ASA organization. And she's also played by Jill Scott. Yeah. Bad bitch. Yeah, she was awesome. Yes. And so she's part of the shadowy ASA, but also there's another evil character, white dude, who mm-hmm. it's like boring. We don't have to talk about him. Cool. And then there's Tobias Well, who is directly underneath Lady Eve. And mm-hmm. Tobias Well is trying to crawl up after being defeated by Black mm-hmm. Lightning. He's also Black Albino, which mm-hmm. is actually more important to the story mm-hmm. in a lot of ways than we think. Describe him as the chaotic evil. Yeah, he's chaotic right. evil. So he would just, you know, fuck you up. Yeah. Just, he, just cause. He's the Heath Ledger. He'll like laugh as he shoots somebody and he'll do right. it. Yeah. Breaking all the rules. And then there's Lala, who is under Tobias Will, and he's sort of the direct leader of the 100. Mm-hmm but is under service of Tobias Well, who's under service of Jill Scott. So let's just go up the totem pole again to give people a bit of a visual. You have the 100 Gang, Mm -hmm. which is being run by Lala, great actor. Uh, Then Lala is underneath Tobias Whale, who will fuck you up with a freaking whale harpoon, just because it's funny. And then on top of that, you got Jill Scott, Lady Eve. Mm-hmm. But it's very hard not to call her Jill Scott every time she comes up. And she looks fucking amazing. Like I said, black hair makeup team, obviously. Not even going to look up who the people are. I know they're black yeah. and, and amazing. And Lady Eve is a straight businesswoman, right? Yeah. Like she. I think she's like neutral evil. She follows a lot of the rules. She does some like shady shit here well, and there. Neutral but... evil would be you don't, you're all about yourself, 
Lady Eve is building an empire, so that would be lawful evil. Oh yeah, sorry, lawful evil. Yeah, she yep. is all. She is lawful e- evil. Where Lala is more neutral evil. He's mm-hmm. fairly selfish. You know, he he doesn't like he. At one point, he would not go out of... He has an arrangement with Black Lightning, right? Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't go out of his way to sort of hurt Black Lightning. But when sort of pressured into a corner, he'll do some pretty heinous things. Agreed. Kill kill his cousin. So so on a quick spectrum here, Tobias would be the most crazy, the most chaotic, I should say. Lala would be the most neutral, and Lady Eve's, like, Eve is lawful, but evil. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. It's a really helpful... It is. ...matrix to understand how characters look. And then, and then on the other spectrum, right, you have... On top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have, cha- you have chaotic good, mm-hmm. right? And then you have... Neutral good and lawful good. Lawful good, right? I do want to talk though about the relationship between the villains uh, particularly between Tobias Whale and Lady Eve because mm-hmm. that sort of is one of the the major conflicts I we can talk about Black Lightning I mean Black Lightning is an interesting <laughs> character and- Tobias motherfucking whale is one of the one of the most without trying to be funny characters on the show and at one point he like <laughs> He like likes to make fun of uh, black people. He hates black people. He's super anti. He is black albino, but because he's been called like pale and all kind of ridiculous names his whole life, he really calls black people like, "Look at these Negroes." Da 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 da. Black folks don't know how to do nothing right. Like he besides jazz is one of his lines. He's except like, jazz. Jazz is the only <laughs> thing that they did. He kind of sounds like you know, like a, a older grandpa character who is black like older grandpa characters and grandpas in real life always like look at these black folks they they get themselves locked up yeah kind of like that and so at one part he sees a crowd of people marching he says everybody wants to go to heaven but don't nobody want to die and that is i mean that line is iconic I've said that every single day since we started watching the show. I just want to be honest about that. Everybody want to go to heaven, but don't nobody want to die. Is how can you not find that hilarious? Oh, I cracked myself up. Let's go into like some of the themes. But a big theme of this is uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, right? It is, yeah. And uh, one of the greatest like action scenes is that there's a protest over a Confederate statue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they didn't really have to do much writing. Yeah. <laughs> the idea machine didn't have to really flow that that hard. Because they had, yeah, they had a lot of lot 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 a lot of material out here in these lot, streets. A lot of material. Anissa, who is the eldest daughter of Black Lightning. She's also a lesbian. Queer relationship. Yes, Yay. she's also a lesbian uh, who actually is having difficulties with her girlfriend when we first meet her, which mm-hmm. oftentimes I think when we when I have seen like um, queer relationships, it's usually like, oh, we're happy and we queer. are perfect. We are never breaking we're, up. We are unflawed. <laughs> or, or it's sort of the other end of the spectrum. Where, you know, uh, what is it? Blue is the warmest color or something. Film, it's all about our, like, breakup or, like, I don't know. Mm. it Or the toxicity of it. So there's... Yeah. Where I think with her, she was, like, 
I'm a normal person who had recently had a breakup and now I'm meeting someone new and I'm interested in this other person. So her story's great, but she, when she first discovers her superpower, the first, one of the first actions she does is she goes and like destroys the confederate Mm -hmm. statue yeah her sister like lovingly jokes and calls her harriet as well so right away her whole character is you know going back to your sort of like plot of like chaotic lawful and good and things like that would you describe her actions as like chaotic good possibly because she she does she does things that are good that don't always contribute to the like saving the child from the burning building, you know? Mm-hmm. So so I wouldn't describe her as an anti-hero, but she's using her powers for causes that she believes in and to save literal people. And that, to some, could be perceived as chaotic. What'd you think? Because putting that statue down didn't save anybody's life, but it made a difference and changed that, the, the spirit of the campus. Right. Chaotic good might be more like the Punisher who doesn't care about killing villains. What do you mean doesn't care? Like he... He will kill villains. He'll just kill villains. Right, but I think Anissa would kill anybody who got in her face. That might be... Whereas Black Lightning would have restraint. He's lawful. Yeah, he's like, no, we can't kill. That is against my moral code. Whereas Anissa's like, well, I'll choke him out. What you you want? Yeah. That might be more neutral good, where neutral good is like sometimes I commit... I, I do what's necessary to get to the good. Where chaotic good is... Even if it's not contributing to the good, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Okay. I think those, yeah, there's a lot of, there's overlap. And someone who listens to this and plays D&D regularly will probably school the shit out of me. Please do. Same. Well, Uh, mostly to you, because you brought it up. School Ben, but then, you know, you can give me a tongue lashing as well. All right. The other thing that... Like another theme... Another theme that it deals with is assimilation. And from the very first episode, we first see Black Lightning use his powers when he is pulled over while driving Black. And this is the first time we're introduced to Jefferson Pierce as being Black Lightning. Yeah. And he, the cops stop him, say that, you know, this convenience store person said that a Black man came in and robbed. And you're like, oh, man, like whatever they they arrest him and then they the woman says oh that's not him so he he's allowed to go back in this car but it's raining outside so he he's gotten all wet he's a principal of this prestigious school that he's about to go to and give an award at and now his entire suit is ruined right mm-hmm. he's you know, in like, like a three-piece suit you're like oh my goodness this is this show is doing something and as the cops start to go back to his car black lightning starts to surging surge and like and anger, you know, takes out the power of their car, but then he recontrols himself and like gives the battery back into their car so he doesn't destroy the police car, even though he wants to. And there's this whole idea that Black Lightning is trying to assimilate and get rid of his identity as Black Lightning, mm-hmm. but also that's mirrored with him being black. And it do, the show does it in an explicit way that you have no doubt that he's assimilating both into white culture and also assimilating into non-metahuman culture. There's this beautiful parallel. Yeah, I think that's so telling of the black experience, right? It's like, well, if you would just like relax your hair and... You know, stop speaking Ebonic. Stop speaking AAVE. If you did all of that, 
you wouldn't be discriminated against. There's that level of that. And it's just like, well, I've reached that, done all of that. I'm still being discriminated against. So I, I think it did a great job of showing how even as this esteemed principal who is like, you know, air quote, crossed over, he still faces as much discrimination as the 100. So wear your hair how you want. That's all I got to say about that. You know, in one of the the greatest confrontations is Jefferson Pierce has made it a deal with the 100 to yep. keep Garfield High out of this situation. Because I think Jefferson Pierce has sort of lied to himself. And he, ha- he has this awakening at, at a point where he's like, I can save everybody. I can take them out of the Freeland hood. And, and he later learns just because of systematic injustice. Mm-hmm. And the show doesn't mm-hmm. leave this up to imagination. Because at one point, he is framed for selling this drug that is giving people metahuman capabilities. The drug is called Green Light. He's framed for selling it, and the police come and they arrest him at his school aggressively. Too. Aggressively, they were it's not calm. It was not like okay if you go quietly. It was like very triggering and not even unnecessary. Unnecessary roughness. I think at some point, Jess, Jefferson Pierce sort of just loses all hope in the system, yeah. and he breaks down and, and talks to. His his wife his ex wife Lynn, which we'll get into because their relationship. Listen, is... yeah, they they together. Shit, they're divorced on paper, but they stay at the same so, house. But he he like breaks down. He's like, I've been living a lie, living in the hopes that you and me and the girls could somehow live behind a white picket fence. Keyword: white picket fence. Mm. A normal life. I'm not normal. Never have been. Never will be. Because he's Black Lightning. Hashtag relatable. But again, that term white picket fence is like he's trying to achieve this American dream that is like you speak, you know. Well, that is a part of the American dream. Ben. Yeah. It's a, the, the whiteness is is the right. American dream, but it's it does show that dynamic of how it's unattainable because it's like at the end of the day, you can take as many courses as you want and reach this level of intelligence and and even like financial stability, but you still black as hell, and and this is America. So I think they sent a really great message, and, and didn't try to like you say like, you know, water that down at all. And if anything, they doubled down on it. I was like, okay, we we get it. You know, this show is such a family friendly show. It is. It's perfect, I think, for middle schoolers and up, especially if they watch it with their parents because it meets really well. I love the the family life and representation, right? Well, For example. Even with the divorced co-parenting dynamic, if you really break all of that down in another show on TV directed by white people, Lynn is a baby mama. Like they would have called her that or mm-hmm. whatever. She's not a, just a neurologist. She's, you know, an unwed mother and... She co-parents with her baby's father. Like, that would be the whole thing, you know? So, but, and I think they did a really great job of showing, like, here's, you know, an air quote, broken home that is still functional. There's so much love in this household and this dynamic. Like, I think that was, like, a really great way that they displayed that. Because when people think about, like, divorced families, you know, we know divorce, both of our parents are still together. But, you know, we all had friends growing up whose parents were divorced. And and those representations on screen have always been very, like, dysfunctional, chaotic households. Yeah, or broken homes. Mm -hmm. And it's ridiculous. I wish that they pushed that even further and didn't have them come together at the end of season one. 
but whatever. Anyway, one of the best scenes is that the family has this tradition where Lynn comes over because Jefferson and the girls live together where Lynn lives in a separate house. She needs to stop paying rent on that house because yeah. she's... Mortgage, rather. Yeah. She needs to stop paying mortgage on that home because she's always at her ex's house. Yeah. Anyway, they come over for a family dinner all the time. And one of the greatest family dinners is that Jennifer, who is, I think, probably a junior in mm-hmm. high school... Like, sits down. It's like, okay, mom and dad, I'm ready to have sex. And just, like, bluntly says it. And you're like, this is how I want to parent. It's really I think I would still fall over. But you would, you would throw our child a whole celebration and talk yeah. to them about sexual health. And then I'd be like, oh, my God. What? Like, nobody's worthy of our child. The other thing is Anissa also lives at home. She's going to university to become... A, she's a med student. A med, a med student. student. I think, mm-hmm. like, yeah, she's a med school student. But Anissa gets yeah, her powers. Gorgeous. Yeah, gets her powers first, uh, and then later Jennifer gets her powers. Mm-hmm. But Anissa and Jennifer often have this like banter, and they often like talk shade to each other and talk shit. And you're watching this, you're like, oh, that reminds me of me and my little this sister. Is literally, me and my little sister, and and because Jennifer has the quicker comebacks, the little sister played by China McLean, who is freaking hilarious. She's like a queen on TikTok. I'm going to show you a lot of her stuff. But similarly, my sister has the best comebacks, the hottest takes on things. And I remember watching that and knowing their relationship so intimately because that's just like perfectly embodied our dynamic. Into the last theme. Yeah. The last thing I want to talk about is that this tension between violence and nonviolence. So we haven't really talked about this character too much, but Gamby... Peter Gamby. Alfred. Alfred. We'll call him (laughs) Alfred. Who is sort of the role of like the sage father for Black Lightning and gives him all his advice. He's sort of the nerd. He makes the suit for Thunder. And uh, at the same time, like he does some pretty like... Oh, he's savage. Evil things. Like he... He kills people in the show. He, like, goes and assassinates them. And you find out there's this whole backstory that he used to be part of this shadowy organization that Lady Eve is part of, the ASA. And he was actually part of experimenting on kids. Mm -hmm. And so he ended up, you know, getting rid of that through a long history of... You know, feeling guilty or whatever. His white guilt got the best, best of him. To the point where he took a black child in. <laughs> yeah, and, and raises, he raises Jefferson Pierce. So after. This guilt is holding me down. I got to really unload some of this. But there's this tension between violence and nonviolence. I love this character arc of Jefferson Pierce where at one point he's, you know, quoting MLK. Where he says, returning violence for violence multiplies violence, adding deeper darkness to an, to a night already devoid of stars. So he says this to Anissa. And Anissa, you know, shoots back at him with a Fannie Lou Hammer, um, Fannie Lou Hammer quote. Where... Anissa says, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And so there's this tension between violence and nonviolence. And it's sort of frustrating because when they're having this conversation, it's incredibly hypocritical for Jefferson Pierce to say that Mm -hmm. because he's incredibly violent. He is MLK by day, Malcolm X at night. Actually, let's jump into the size. Yeah, let's talk about the size. One of the size I had about this is that I think the show was trying to be more nuanced in how they dealt with that tension between violence and nonviolence. But there's this moment where Black Lightning has a chance to kill, 
you know, the, fa- the man who killed his father. And his wife at one point tells him, if you do this, you're giving up your soul. And I was like, Black Lightning has been putting people in comas and like breaking arms and stuff, but you won't <laughs> kill somebody? Same thing with Batman's, like Batman's rule. I don't kill somebody. No, I'll just break their arms, paralyze. Like, what the fuck? Like, it just frustrated me with that, that when superheroes have these rules, of, I don't kill, but I will maim you. I will give you a concussion. <laughs> I will break your bones. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it's disgusting. When pe- it, it sort of made me I think I mean, everybody of, has to have a boundary. <sighs> What's wrong with boundaries, man? It's just, it's sick that we think killing someone, right, is is not as bad as breaking their arm. In fact, I think that sometimes killing someone is more ethical, especially if mm. that person wants you to kill them if they are suffering suffering from Alzheimer or dementia and they are giving you permission. Like, why do we think that, you know, breaking a bone or putting people in a hospital is like, well, at least I didn't kill them. Especially, and I'm, t- I'm talking very particularly in the superhero genre here. I mean, but that's what we do with everything. We'll do something bad and be like, I ate this ice cream, but at least I'm not 600 pounds. At least I'm not doing this. Like, and so in this scenario, the worst next step besides like paralyzing someone is killing them. But it's hypocritical. I hear you. I hear you. One of the things that was a size that there's a school shooting scene. I think a lot of school shootings will be accurate to everybody just running around. You would think, but actually schools do have practice locked. I taught high school for five years. And even when we had lockdowns, tons of the kids were not taking it seriously. And it took us all a while to like get our shit together and get under these desks. But there wasn't even a call for a lockdown. Just everyone starts trying to run out of the building. Okay, well, who would have made the call, though? The vice principal or and whoever it was in the, what's the, in deal the office. The vice... Yeah, maybe... Yeah, a good point. I didn't think about that. You didn't think about I that. I just didn't feel like... Well, no, even <laughs> the person... So if the vice principal wouldn't have called it... Well, you know those office ladies are more organized than the principal. True. <laughs> but let me say this also... When it came to that school shooter drill, the school shooting happened by a character who formerly went to the school who they had not seen in a long time. So I could totally see people. Seeing, That's all school shooters, by the way. Like people. I know that, back, Ben, you know? but like I could totally see someone who we hadn't seen who was beloved at the school. We haven't seen them in a long time. They just walked into the school and they look unarmed. And then you're like, oh, crap. Because he was unarmed, if you think about it. So had, somebody who we hadn't seen in a while, who I knew was injured, walked into the school unarmed, I would probably be like, oh, what's up? Like, yeah. oh my God, how have you been? You've changed. And then get thrown across the but so, so it's, it's a school shooter light. Yes. It's, school yes. Sh- it's a light school shooting because he's Shit. shooting with darts. But it's still, it it's still a chaotic scene. Yeah, it's chaotic. But it wouldn't register to me right away that somebody who was unarmed is attacking the school. The final side that I had is that at times just felt like a Pillsbury commercial. Oh my gosh, yes. Everything was so beautiful. There are actually scenes where you could actually do a voiceover of a mm-hmm. commercial. Because at Target, we believe that families matter. You could have <laughs> totally, yeah. Just, there's a cleanliness. And that is sort of the style of CW, which is yeah. why I was super hesitant watching this. I've watched a decent amount of The Flash, some Arrow, and I was like, this is just not for yeah, it's me. It's a little campy, but I will say, as an actor, I would love to be on this show. I'm so yeah. cl- I'm so mad that they're canceling this show before I got to be like a guest star as one of the students in the school or some shit, because this is just like, 
black magic and very Afrocentric. Like I would have loved to be on this show. I'm not gonna lie. It, it was it was refreshing to see black people thriving in nice homes and shit. You know, they're making a painkiller spinoff. Supposedly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay, so I, I still pain. can have my moment one day. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be Tobias. And with that being said, Ben, why don't you warp up the show, baby? In conclusion, we're going to rewatch the rest of these shows. Uh, we're going to sort of time them correctly. So I would go ahead and start watching season one, season two, season three. And by the end of season four, we'll drop season four. And let's get more black superheroes on television. Thanks, Ben. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Side. Coming up next, we will be reading a book called The Dark Fantastic. The Dark Fantastic really unpacks how we black people are affected when we do not see ourselves projected in characters that we read growing up and how that shapes our understanding of the world. It's already freaking amazing. So please pick up your copy of The Dark Fantastic or listen to it on audiobooks and we will see y'all next week for the discussion. Bye y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.